Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. So what makes something the best? Sometimes we think it's the size of something, like this huge space shuttle up here, right? We think that that makes it the best. Or sometimes we think it's how expensive it is. That's what's going to make it the best. Or sometimes we think it's the brand name, right? If it's Adidas or if it happens to be um, Michael Kors, if you're into purses, or if it's a Mercedes-Benz. Did I say that already? No. Okay. But it's all about the brand sometimes, is what makes us think that it's the best. Or if we're buying something, we do a lot of research. And we start researching and researching and researching to find out which one is made the best. And so then we determine that because it's made the best, then therefore it is the best. But what is it that makes a person the best? Sometimes we think it's because they can run fast, right? Or they can stop the most goals. Or sometimes it's about how well they do their job. How good of a doctor or a teacher or a mom or a receptionist, whatever it is, it's just how good they are at that. Or sometimes we look at them and go, oh, they're gorgeous. So they've got to be the best. Or maybe it's their charisma or their sense of humor. And we look at these things, but, but when we think about what makes someone spiritually the best, it's very different, isn't it? In Matthew 20, Jesus talks about that being the best is about being a servant, taking the lowest spot. And he gave us an incredible example of this the night before he died. That night, he took off his outer garment, he wrapped it around his waist, he got himself a basin of water, and he got down on his knees, and he washed the dirty, and I'm sure very stinky feet, of his disciples. Humility. Being humble. Let's go to Matthew 18. We're going to start reading at verse 1. About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. In order to be great, we need to become like a child. Hi, Clara. Hi there. This is Clara. And Clara just turned one in July, and she's Brad and Olivia's little girl. Isn't she sweet? Yeah. Brad and Olivia, when... When Clara really wants something, and even if it's something that you've said no, and she really wants it, what does she do? 
Ah, yeah. Does she throw a little fit? Yeah. You throw a little fit, huh, Clara? Okay. All right. So if you're not paying attention to her and you're doing something else, what does she do? Oh, get into trouble, okay. Right, right. So she's doing everything she can to get what she wants, right? So do those behaviors sound like servanthood? Do, do they sound like selflessness? No, they don't, do they? So what is Jesus getting at here when he says we need to be humble like a child? I'll give you back, Clara. There you go. (laughs) All right. What is he getting at? He's talking about humility in a different way here. Clara can't go out and buy her own food, can she? Or her clothes, or her diapers, or get herself to the doctor. She can't make her food, even if she could go get it. She can't make a meal. She can't change her own diaper. She can't get dressed. She is dependent, and you're coming again. She is dependent on her parents, isn't she? Completely dependent. And this week, we're going to have a lot of children in this place, aren't we? And each one of those children, no matter what their age, they are dependent on their parents for all that they need. But sometimes, as children get older, they start thinking they're okay, that they've got this right? Alicia, our daughter, and I got permission to tell this story, don't worry. When she was just starting junior kindergarten, which is like pre-primary here, she came home from school one day and she announced, I'm not doing chores anymore. Nobody in my class has to do them. I'm not doing them. Okay, so just to be clear, she did chores, but they were nothing like over the top. She had to put her toys away in her room, and the other chore was that we decided was that it needed to be something that was for the whole family, not just for her. So she had to sort the laundry, not take it to the laundry room. She just had to sort it. Darks, whites, colors. Thought it would also help with like some learning stuff, but anyway... So we do this. The chores were not a huge thing. But she announces, I'm not doing this. And she's standing there really defiant. And I looked at her and I said, well, I guess we're going to miss you. Have you ever said something and all of a sudden you're like, and I was feeling that. and I was like, oh boy, where are we going to go here? And she said, well, I'm going to find a family where I don't have to work. And she stomped up the stairs, and I could hear her drawers open and rustling, and then the ominous zoop. 
And I'm praying the whole time. I'm like, oh, what have I done? Ten minutes of silence after that zipper. And then she came downstairs and she said, I've decided I'm going to do chores. I said, okay. I said, just so you know, I never ever want you to leave. And I know your dad doesn't want you to leave either. We love you, but we want you to learn how to do things. And we also want you to know that families are a team and we look after each other. I, on the other hand, was not quite as smart as Alicia. I got a little bit further. At four years old, I was the youngest in my family. My little brother hadn't been born yet. And at four, I decided that I'd had enough. I had enough of being told what to do by everybody. So in my brilliance, I go to the cupboard, pull out a shopping bag, and I shove in it a cup because I'm going to drink water out of the creek. That sounds great, doesn't it? And so in goes the cup, and then my blankie, and then a toy, and I proceed to make myself a peanut butter sandwich. Didn't put it in the container, I remember that, because the blanket smelled like peanut butter for a really long time, and I shoved it all in the bag, and I go heading for the door. And my mom says to me, where are you going? I said, I'm out of here. I'm making my own house where I don't have to be told to do anything. Our brains when we're four are very different than when we get older, right? I thought I was going on this huge adventure. I went 100 feet from the house. <laughs> 100 feet, right to the edge of our property on my grandmother's property and decided I was going to make my house there. And I start getting branches and logs and stuff and I make this lean-to thing and I'm feeling pretty good about myself because mom's not there. Nobody's telling me what to do. But later she told me she kept looking out the window to make sure I was okay. Later, my dad comes home, and he goes right into the house, and he doesn't come back out. And I'm like, score. I am on my own. Perfect. He had planned that if I didn't come back in, that he was going to sleep under a tree with an old blanket to make sure I was okay. I fell asleep before dusk, because that was a lot of work getting this thing together. And you know when you buy a house, they say location, location, location? <laughs> I didn't do that when I made my house. <laughs> and I made this thing right at the edge of a swamp. Yeah, right? So about an hour and a half later, I wake up and I'm scratching mosquitoes, like you could cut them with a knife. And so I'm like, oh, and I pile all my stuff in the bag, and I do the walk of shame back to the door. And I knock at the door, and my dad comes to the door, and he says, uh, oh, I thought you were living in another house. And I don't remember what I said, but I remember this. He picked me up. My mom got a washcloth and washed all the gunk off, and and all the bites, and then put ointment on, and there was more ointment than skin showing. It took me a little more to learn what Alicia learned without leaving, that I am, or was, dependent on my parents, right? 
And when we come to Jesus and we say, I've messed up, when we come to him, we become children of God, don't we? And as children of God, we need to be humble and completely dependent on him. That's what Jesus is saying here. That's how we need to come. And that sounds easy, doesn't it? It sounds easy to say we're just going to depend on God for everything. But what happens... What happens when we get laid off? What happens when we get fired even? What happens when there's a flood and our house gets wrecked or our car's in an accident and it's like, I don't know, we're paying for that. What happens when a spouse or someone we really care about dies? What happens when we go to the doctor and we get that diagnosis that we don't want to hear that's going to change our life in ways that we never, ever wanted to happen? Or maybe, maybe we just mess up really big. We just mess up really, really big. What do we do first? Do we go to God or do we go to how am I going to fix this? I've got this. I can control this. I just, need to, I just need to save more. I just need to find the right job. I just need, right? It sounds easy, but do we do it? It's so tempting to take control, isn't it? But as his children... We are to be dependent on him for everything. There's three things that we have to learn. The first one is that only God can remove sin. Right? Verse 3 in this passage tells us that as children, we need to turn from our sin, right? We, yes, we have to make that choice. We have to turn from it, but there's only one way to get rid of it. Amen? But sometimes, when we've made that big mistake, we think to ourselves, well, I can just cover it up. I can just hide it. It'll be okay. But we are dependent on God to remove it for us, aren't we? John 1.9 tells us that. It says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins, and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Unrighteousness just means he's going to make us whole. He's going to make us clean, right? We are dependent on him for that. We're dependent on him to remove our sin. The second thing is we have to recognize that our understanding is limited. It's limited. 
Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, Yet God made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. We need him. We are dependent on him for wisdom. The last thing is we, that we have to recognize is that our strength is not enough. Right? It's not. As Paul is closing his letter to the Ephesians in chapter 6, starting in verse 10, He says this, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And he says that just before he talks about the armor of God. All of the different things that we need to do and to hold and to lean into to to fight well, right? But what does he start it with? He starts it with, doesn't matter about all of that stuff if you don't have the strength of God. Right? We need God's strength. When our job is gone, when the flood happens or the car breaks, when our health changes, when we mess up, we've got to stop trying to fix it. We've got to stop trying to take control because we just can't do anything that's going to make it right. Only God can do that. And we are children. We are like Clara to God, right? We're his. We're treasured. We're loved beyond measure. Are Brad and Olivia ever going to do anything to harm that little girl? No. And that's the way that God looks at us. We are his treasured children. But as his children, we need to be humble. And we need to know that humility is depending on God for everything. And when we do that, that is what makes us great. Worship team, come on up, please. Let's pray. Father God, make us like children. Keep us in that place where we realize that we are dependent on you. That we we can't get rid of our sin. We can't. Hmm, we can't do it with our own wisdom. We can't do it with our own strength. It has to be you flowing through us. We are dependent on you. And Lord, as we think of all these children coming here this week, 
I ask, Lord, that you would speak to them clearly about who you are and that they would come to you as only children can, completely humble and ready to rely on you. Lord, I ask that you be with every volunteer. I pray for Debbie as she leads, for each crew leader, for each team area leader, Lord. We pray for divine conversations and that your love would penetrate. Lord, we pray for the worship that will happen this week with these kids. May they come to know who it is they are singing to personally and that they would grow deeper in you. Lord, keep us like children. Keep us dependent on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways.